Right, it's lovely to be here again. For those who don't know me, my name is Christine and I teach religious studies at a sixth form in Richmond. And I have been here at the Expresso Church before to talk about Buddhism and Jehovah's Witnesses. And today we will be talking about Mormons. Right, uh, when we talk about uh, other faiths and other religions, I, I think it's very important to say that we need to sort of come to to this topic with respect, you know, because even if we don't agree with what they say, they are good people, most of them, and they are trying to do the right thing. Uh, I just think it's very important that we are grounded in our faith when we meet them, so we know where we stand, because it could be quite um, confusing otherwise. Um, if you are a practicing Christian, and you were to meet a Mormon today, you would probably find that you have a lot in common. And um, they would probably align themselves with a lot of what is taught in this church. Um, and, and uh, I mean, God the Father, Jesus Christ is our Savior, they practice baptism, and so on. So, yes, we have a lot in common. But the more you get to know about who they, what they believe, the more differences you, would, you will find. Um, and uh, I think, I think the Kahoot is still on in the background, but maybe it doesn't matter. You can have that as a, okay. Um, so there are some major differences, and I'm going to try to explain some of them today. Uh, I have to warn you, though, because it's quite confusing. Some of them are really confusing. And there are stuff that the Mormons themselves actually happily admit to that they don't understand themselves. So, okay. But let's start with looking at their view, uh, what they believe, how, but who the humans are, and their view of God. Okay, so God created man. Yes, they agree. They agree with this. Fine. But their story doesn't start there. Okay? They believe that God was once a man himself. Okay? And they say this, as man is now... God once was. So they believe that God, our father, was once a man or a human like us with flesh and bones uh, and dwelt on an earth. Okay? So that's very important as well. Mormons believe that there are, we are not the only planets with humans on it. Okay? So there are other planets with humans on it. And if you are behaving really, really well, eventually you, well, this God at least, was exalted um, to heaven, okay, to be a god, okay, and so was also a female human was exalted to heaven uh, to be a goddess. Then these two gods could now start to create lots of spirits, okay. So there is a heavenly father and a heavenly mother who creates created loads, billions and trillions of, of spirits, okay? And Jesus Christ was the first created spirit. So, it's very important to know that the Mormons believe that Jesus was created, whereas we think that Jesus is the creator. Okay, so that's a first major difference. Um, so, another thing is that... Um, when, when all these spirits were, yeah, they were on, in, in heaven, 
And we were also a spirit in heaven before we came to earth. Okay? So all these spirits lived as God's children in heaven. And then when we were ready, we were born to this earth and we got, the spirits got this body. Okay? Um, and then when we are, um, when we die, the spirits continue. So, so that's it. And they, they see, they see there's three stages that the spirit has to go through. Okay, and this is why Mormons are encouraged to have many children, because there are so many spirits in the first stage who are waiting to enter the next stage. Okay, so Mormons feel like they have to help to get these spirits born into stage two. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, you can also note that the, the second stage, the earthly stage, is the only one that's sort of time-limited. We can be here for 80, 90, 100 years maybe, and then it's, that's it. Um, whereas the first and the third stage can go on very, very long, depending how, how well you're doing, basically, on these stages. Um, they, um, they compare it like walking up a ladder. So your spirit is walking up and up and up a ladder. And hopefully, one day, they hope that their spirit will be exalted into a god. Yes. So this is called theosis, where the human become a god. Um, and hopefully, then, this spirit can be a god and create new worlds and new spirits and create, yeah, what, what God is doing now. And um, this is what they say in their text, we may one day create worlds and people and govern them. That's what they hope for. And this is one of the things that they don't, they can't, they don't really understand it themselves. And they happily admit to, like, we don't really know. Um, but it's still there in their doctrines, and it's still something that they strive for and hope for. But it's not like they walk around and hope for and plan their own planet and, and sort of think of themselves as big gods. They, they, they are quite humble, actually. But this is the ultimate goal. Whereas we in Stengskong believe that there is one god, who exist eternally, and he is three distinct but equal persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is a major difference. And very important to know when we meet the Mormons, okay? But let's talk about the Book of Mormon. It's also called Another Testament of Jesus Christ. So this is the center of Mormon belief. Um, they use the Book of Mormon alongside with the Bible. They think that the Bible is full of mistakes and deliberate changes, so they don't trust the Bible, really, and they, they need this sort of alongside the Bible. Um, they say the Bible is the word of God, God as far as it is translated correctly. Um, so, but this book, that it describes how Jesus, after he died on the cross went to America, okay? And he met with the Americans for, for quite some time, okay? And um, this, 
what, he, what Jesus did in America and other stories was then sort of collected into a book uh, of gold by this prophet Mormon. Okay, so that's where they got their name from. So this Mormon, uh, he compiled all the stories about Jesus and other things that had gone on in America, and he put them in the gold plates, and then these were hidden for a long time. And about four, uh, 1,400 years later, there was a man called Joseph Smith, who was uh, a treasure hunter, believe it or not. Uh, and he was also known for his good storytelling. He's a good, he was a good storyteller. He really was. And he claims that he was visited by the prophet Moroni. Uh, the angel, sorry. The angel Moroni visited him several times and told him where to find these books. It's good, isn't it? So the angel guided him to the books, and uh, he found them, and then he translated them into English. And this translation is also very interesting how it happened. Uh, he often sat, he had various help from, from God, he says, and he had various, I don't know, replic- things to, to use, and he sat behind a curtain, and he had these visions and translations, and someone else wrote them down. Um, yeah. So that, that's um, how he translated those ancient texts into the Book of Mormon. Questions? <laughs> All right. So, like I said, they read the Book of Mormon alongside the Bible. They have two other holy scripts as well. Uh, so they have four holy texts in total. Whereas we here at Staines Kong, we believe... that the Bible alone is always sufficient. We don't need any other books to learn about our salvation, to learn about who Jesus is, what Jesus did for us. We don't need anything extra. And that's another thing that's, if, if when we meet Mormon people, that we can, we can be confident in that, that the Bible is enough, okay? Then there's lots of good books out there, of course, that can help us, but... In the end of the day, all we need is the Bible. So, Mormons today, they are, are called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I'm going to call them LDS, okay, when I talk about this branch. There are many branch art groups in the Mormons. And don't worry, I haven't, I'm not planning to go through all of them. But what is important to know that in the 1920s, um, the Mormons had to give up the, the practice of uh, polygamy. They were forced to stop polygamy. Uh, so the LDS church today, the Mormon church today, they are quite sick and tired of hearing the question about polygamy. So if you meet a Mormon, don't ask them because they, they don't practice polygamy. But the ones I have marked with red, those sort of branch groups, they still practice this, okay? But they, they do it unofficially. So, I mean, in, in America, for example, you can only marry one person, but then in, in their temples and in their, what they do um, might, might differ from, from that. So there are brown shark groups who still do it, but the big LDS church do not practice polygamy. Okay? They have beautiful temples, 
And these temples are often placed next to a highway or somewhere where they're very visible, so they're going to attract sort of attention and people are going to be in awe of them. This is the one in, in England, in London, the main ta- temple. Um, note, please, that on top of um, the spire, do you say that spire? Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's the angel Moroni, okay? The guy who came to talk to Joseph Smith. So I find it really fascinating that a church who called themselves Church of Jesus Christ do not have a cross. You will not find a cross in a Mormon temple or a Mormon church. So I think that says quite a lot, that it's not Jesus Christ who's the important one here. Okay? So they have Angel Moroni on top of their temples. And I'm going to show you another, some other beautiful, beautiful buildings and you can spot the angel on top. They're quite fascinating, aren't they? And this is the Salt Lake City Temple. It's one of the biggest. And this is the one in Staines. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that is a little bit unfair of me. Because <laughs> there is a big... They have two main buildings. They have the temples, okay... And they have the churches. And in a temple, uh, you and me would not be able to walk into a temple. You can only enter a temple if you meet certain standards and if you're a member of the the Mormon church. And also if you have gone through a special sort of ceremony. uh, So it's not easy to just come in here. Whereas um, in their churches... Everyone is welcome, and it always it actually says that on, on the, their plaques that visitors are welcome here. So that is also a big difference. If you want to go into one of these beautiful things, you, you will not. These ones often have like a visitor center next door that you can go into, but the actual temple you wouldn't be allowed in. Okay. But inside these temples. Um, there are pictures online. They are be- I've never been in one. They are beautiful. And you can tell this is a wealthy church. This is a wealthy... I mean, the, the Mormons are wealthy. That, and that is because the members are practicing tithing. They give 10% of their income. They, and, and that's why they can build those amazing buildings as well and do all the outreach work and stuff. Um, in these temples, they... Um, and this is where it gets a bit complicated. They, they perform mar- marriages and they perform baptisms. Okay. And this is a whole lesson. I'm going to try to do this quickly. Um, the marriages, if it's performed in a temple, it's for eternity. Okay? So it doesn't end till death do you part. It ends, it, if you're married in a temple, you're married forever and ever. So when, hopefully, later, if you and your husband or wife become a god, you can have your own, are you with me? That's sort of the, the main goal. That's why you need to be married forever and ever in eternity. Uh, baptism is also, is, you need to be baptized in a temple to be able to enter that sort of final stages of the third, of, of the godness thing, okay? So you need to be baptized. The problem is, say that your grandfather wasn't baptized in a temple. What do you do? Because you obviously want your grandfather to 
have the chance to be come up, what do you do? They have sold it. So what they do, they perform proxy baptisms. So I can go in and have him be baptized for my grandfather. So my grand, so I, when I get baptized, I can then, uh, instead of saying my own name, I say my grandfather's name, and he will then, his spirit, who's now in the third stage, then have the chance to be, become, move on. You with me? And the same goes for weddings. So say my grandparents were not wedded in a temple, which I do. I grab a chap, and we have a proxy wedding. So we can get married. Uh, not, I don't get married to this person, but I do it for my grandparents. So they, do, they perform a, a lot of things in their temples. And these are two of the things in the ceremonies that are a bit different from what maybe we would think of. Um, and I have, I've read an article recently that they performed lots mass baptism for, for victims of the Holocaust. And, I mean, it's, if, you really, if they really believe it, I think it's a nice thing for them to do. But it also feels, again, very long. Um, is it not nice? No. Anyway. Yeah, yeah they're Jewish people. <laughs> You're, right. You're right. No, I think they feel like they want to give every, all these spirits in the third stage a, a chance, basically. And, and they, also, they also say that these spirits then can choose whether to accept this or not, but at least they've had a chance. Yeah? Shall we move on? But, like I said, this is another thing that they don't really, really, they can't really understand, but they, they do it, okay? And then we did talk about undergarments. <laughs> So I, had, I felt I had to show it. This is the temple garments, they call, that they are required to wear. And it's to keep them modest and for them also to be reminded of, of the promises that they have made um, to, the, to their faith. And it also, it, this underwear is also supposed to protect them against evil. Yeah. <laughs> I think many of you have probably seen or met the missionaries, the Mormon missionaries, uh, men from the age of 19 and women from the age of 21 are encouraged slash expected to uh, do service as, as missionaries. Um, they are expected to cover all their own costs for these for this time, men are away for two years, women for 18 months. And uh, children, Mormon children often start saving and putting away a part of their weekly allowance when they start getting money, when they are like five or six or whatever. They start putting away some of this towards their missionary service. And many of them also do extra job outside school to be able to pay for, for their own, uh, for this. So I was thinking, when you if or when you meet them and see them, you should know that these guys, boys and girls and men and women, they have probably done a lot of sacrifices to get where they are. And they've probably gone through a lot of training as well. And I think, I mean, I'm humbled by that. And I, I, I think it should be respected. But I do feel sorry for them because, I, I don't know, I feel like they have done something that should ultimately be really simple they have done it very complicated. 
Because if we compare, again, what we believe and what they believe, I think you can agree with me after this short talk that they made it a bit complicated, haven't they? Um, yeah, but we can just pray for them right? and, and pray that they should see the light and that Jesus is all we need. Okay? And we end with this. Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. So the Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. You don't need anything else. Thank you.